Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast with Steve and Rob Schallenberger. You're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you transform your life and achieve results that otherwise would have seemed difficult or even impossible. In each episode, you'll learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals. Steve and Rob are a dynamic father and son duo who are helping to transform lives and businesses around the world. Rob is a top-rated global speaker and trainer, best-selling author, former F-16 pilot, Air Force One advanced agent, father of four, and CEO of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. Steve is a number one national best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, having started 11 businesses in three different industries, and a highly sought-after keynote speaker. He is the father of six children and the founder of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. Now, here is Steve and Rob Schallenberger. All right, well, welcome, BYB listeners. My name is Rob Schallenberger. CEO of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. And we are so excited that you've invested the time to listen to this podcast. Now, before we get into this podcast and its purpose, let me share with you why we decided to do these in the first place. You know, we, companies and associations all over the world have asked us to speak or do training for their employees, their leaders. And every time we do this, it's an amazing experience both for them, but also for us. And oftentimes I'm asked by leaders, employees, why we don't do podcasts and share this incredible content across the world. You know, speaking of content, let me just share with you a couple of stories that I've heard over the years, uh, especially from these seminars that we've done. Recently, there was a father who told me when he applied some of the tools that we shared with him, it literally saved a relationship with his son. A mother came up after an event and said, you know what, for the first time in my life, I see a clear way forward to overcome depression. Or even just six months ago, we worked with another company who moved up to be the number one company in his industry, speaking of the owner. You know, or one last example. There was an organization in California. We've been working with them for two years. They turned a $1 million contract into $30 million in these two years simply because they learned how to plan and execute. And so what we realized by hearing these stories over and over is that we need to get this content message out to a lot more people. And the way to do that is through podcasts. And what we've already experienced, people wanting to listen to these have signed up in Africa, South America, Asia, literally all over the world. So we're so excited about this venture that we're on. And it's going to be a joint venture with you. You know, we reached out about a week ago and we asked you, our clients and BYB friends, what's one or two questions that you'd like us to answer in these podcasts? Because this is ultimately about you. We got a huge response. We had almost 100 emails or answers within 24 hours. Let me just give you a few of those. I have a couple of them written right here. Here are some of your questions that we want to answer throughout these podcasts. How to stay positive in a slump. How to identify, combat, and dominate your fears. How do you keep employees motivated when your business is down? Or, on the other side of the coin, how do you handle success and help employees think outside the box? Here's three more. How do I develop a plan and then execute that plan, whether it's in my family or business? Now, here's a good one. I think you'll all be able to relate to this. How to deal with difficult people and improve communication. <laughs> Any difficult people in your life? <laughs> That'll be a good one. And then one, one last example here. How do I manage my time and stay focused on what matters most? So here's how it's going to work in these podcasts. We're going to release one podcast each week. In some of these, we're going to answer those questions personally, sharing specific tools and processes that you can start using today. Now, these are the same tools that we teach executives and teams all over the world, and you're getting them for free on these podcasts. In other podcasts, 
We're going to interview some of the most successful people in their field and have them answer your questions. In other words, they're going to share with us their life lessons, their stories. How did they overcome adversity? How did they get to where they are? And literally, I wish I could share with you the list right now. These are some incredible people, and they're going to share with you how they got to where they are today. And what's amazing is to listen to their stories. So as we get going, here's the one thing that we get reminded of over and over. Success is both a mindset and a skill set, and it takes both to truly become our best. And that's the purpose of these podcasts is to arm you, to arm your family, and to arm your team with both the mindset and the skill set of success. So here's what we're going to ask you to do. Share these podcasts. Share them with your family, your friend. Go on to iTunes and rate the podcasts. That's how you can help spread the message of becoming your best literally to the world. All right. (laughs) So let's get started here. On this podcast, what we're going to do is introduce you to who we are and why this is so important. So let me start by introducing you to my father. He's the founder of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. And in this introduction, it's my honor because I'll get to say things about him that he would never say about himself. So first of all, Steve Schallenberger, who is he? Well, for me, he's a friend. He's a mentor. He's an incredible business entrepreneur who started 11 different companies in three separate industries. He's the author of the number one national bestseller, Becoming Your Best, The 12 Principles of Highly Successful Leaders. He's been involved in the community for decades and decades. He served as the BYU alumni president. He was the president of America's Freedom Festival. He has trained executives, managers, and business leaders all over the world, many Fortune 500 companies. Now, those are all great, you know, wonderful accolades, but in my opinion, most importantly, he's been married for 41 years and has six children, and in today's day and age, that should be a testament about who he is. Now, let me share a little bit more about him, other than just a resume. You know, I have a close friend who runs a protective service agency. In other words, they're bodyguards. They protect high-profile individuals. And when I was out with him, he shared something interesting. He said, you know what? I've had the chance to meet a lot of authors. You'd recognize their names. And what's interesting is that a lot of them are different people when you peel back the curtain. They're different people than what they write about in their books. Now, here's what I want you to know about my dad, Steve Schallenberger. What you read about in Becoming Your Best, what you experience in our training is what he has done for decades, both in our family and in his business. In other words, he doesn't just talk the talk, he walks the walk. He is the same person that you'll see in the book behind the curtain in our family when no one else is around watching. Now, Dad, I think it's important for everyone to understand your background and how all this started. I mean, I know you, I know you well, but sometimes it's hard for people to see and relate to people who've been financially successful. You know, you've gone to Harvard and you've done all these things. You know, sometimes it's difficult to relate to that. But what many people don't realize, many of our listeners, is how tough your life has actually been and what background you came from. So let me ask you this, and I think it'd be valuable for our listeners. Maybe you can start by sharing your background and what really started you on this journey of discovering what creates success. Oh, thanks, Rob, and uh, thanks for that (laughs) build-up. I'll try to live up to it. I'll keep working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's all true. Well, thank you. Well, okay, as I think about this, let's start back. uh, When I was a young boy, I was raised in Vallejo, California. That's just north north of Oakland in Richmond, California. Uh, And there were eight of us raised in a 900-square-foot home. My parents were divorced when I was 14, and we were 
poor, 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 and poor. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, if you're poor, if you have liver or macaroni and cheese most nights for dinner. <laughs> or, for example, my wonderful single parent mom raising some young kids, uh, if she runs out of gas about every week. And at some of those times we'd be at an intersection, the kids would have to bail out, push the car across the intersection. So embarrassing. We'd get to the gas station and she'd put two or three dollars in the tank. (laughs) And uh, you also know if you're poor of sour cream and onion ruffles or a vegetable. (laughs) And uh, and of course, at least in Vallejo, when the local weather report included a chance of bullets. (laughs) Well, that was that was my town. We I was raised in the late '60s. It was an exceptionally turbulent time in our history. I got my first job when I was 15 at an Italian restaurant, bussing tables, uh, washing dishes. I also worked for a garbage company, and I'd go stand in line at 4:30 in the morning in the very toughest part of town. I mean, it was scary waiting for somebody to not show up so I I could take their job that day. And then when I was a junior in high school, I got a job referenced by my grandpa uh, with a man by the name of Dave Conger. And at that point, really everything changed in my life. He took an interest in me. Uh, He started recommending books that I might Reed, he was a real estate broker and he had five or six very successful real estate offices in the Bay Area. So my job was to take care of the maintenance for the houses. In other words, when someone was evicted, I'm the one that got the duty to go clean the house out and put up the signs, the for sale signs. Uh, One day he invited me to his house to help him with a project. I'd never been there before and I drove over the knoll of the hill and there was this house. It was a Beautiful long house overlooking the bay with two shiny Cadillacs in the driveway with personalized license plates. And they said Conger 1 and Conger (laughs) 2. I thought to myself, wow, uh, I've never seen anything like this before. And so I just started thinking about things differently. I started changing my vision of what could take place. I started imagining what my life could be like if I did different things. I started dreaming about things. I started dreaming what it would be like to get out of poverty, what it would be like to have a a nice, solid family. And I had a wonderful family, but uh, it was a broken family. And so um, after I graduated from high school, I had the chance to go to South America uh, to serve a mission for my church. And after two years in that experience, I came back a changed person from what I was just a few years ago. (laughs) I I went to Brigham Young University, sold books door-to-door during the summer to put myself through college. I was down in the south in Nashville and back east. (laughs) That was one heck of an experience, maybe the toughest job I've ever had. And, uh, And so at 26, I formed my first marketing company. And at 27, I bought my first company, a publishing and printing company. At that time, I just well, it was just a couple of years before that, I met this beautiful, talented, athletic, wonderful woman, and we formed our family. So this is how I got going. And once we got going in business, we had 300 employees. And I started thinking about, and a lot of these were summer salesmen selling our products throughout the whole country. 
and I started thinking, well, how can we help them reach their fullest potential? And we'd bring in, we'd have a one-week sales school for them. And we had Zig Ziglar come in and Stephen Covey, who was my college professor, <laughs> who ended up serving on our board for 17 years. And I served on his board for a number of years. We'd have Earl Nightingale, Dennis Waitley come in and Norman Vincent Peale. I mean, these were the great of the very greatest. And my mind was on fire about how my associates, our associates could become their very best. So this is how it got going. This is how the transformation started. I'll never forget one of those people that we had at this sales school that we did the training, Charlie Tremendous Jones. And he left a quote with me I'll never forget. It goes like this. He said, you'll be the same in five years from now as you are today, except for two things, the books that you read and the people that you meet. Well, this started the transformation. Oh, I love that. <laughs> you know, a couple things that you said that stood out to me, and I, I love hearing that story. I've heard it so many times, but it, it never gets old. <laughs> a couple things you said that I love there, Dad, was one, the power of dreaming. You know, and sometimes we feel like we're downtrodden or we're out, you know, just the luck is not in our favor, but the power of dreaming and how that can truly change any circumstance. So I love you sharing that, you know, here you come out of Vallejo and what started that a dream. The other thing that stood out to me that you said there is the quote that we use all the time, good, better, best, never let it rest till the good is better and the better is best. In other words, you're trying to take your team members there at Eagle and help them truly become their best. Because if I understood correctly, you know, that in turn, that's going to help your company have outstanding results if they're doing their very best. Now, well, let me just say one thing on yeah. that, Rob, and that's exactly what I found is as each of these employees really reached for the stars and, and took both this mindset and developed a skill set, their standard of performance went way up. And along with that, our company became the very best in the industry that we were in. And I started seeing this pattern over and over again, is that as people did these kind of things, their companies rose to the top. Awesome. So let's introduce our listeners to that, the 12 principles of highly successful leaders. Now, let me just define leader for our listeners, because we're going to have a wide, vast audience here. A leader, let's use this definition for this podcast this day. A leader is anyone who influences change. So whether you're a teacher, whether you're a mother, a father, a CEO, it doesn't matter. If you're listening to this podcast, you are a leader. So when we talk about the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, this is something that applies to every single one of us. So maybe what you could do is share with them how these came about, these 12 principles of highly successful leaders and what they really mean. Okay, I'd be happy to. Thinking about all of these things, well, how can I help those that work for me be successful? I began to research, by the way, and this is when I had brown hair, <laughs> I thought it would only take a few years to complete this research on what were the factors that consistently caused people to be the very best. And so I started this research. Well, what are the things that set apart the truly outstanding organizations and individuals, the, the peak performers from all the rest? And so what I did is I interviewed over 150 CEOs. I studied the lives of hundreds of individuals that have had a big impact on our lives. And what was I looking for? I was looking for those common factors of success. 
And so after all of that research, we boiled it down to these 12 game-changing principles of highly successful leaders. And we see it over and over again in outstanding organizations, in relationships and marriages that have prospered for decades, and in the lives of those that have achieved highly. So that's the background on this. And they, they just don't fail. This is the thing is you can count on them. These are principles that hold true day and night, year in and year out, and they produce a sustainable change. So, for example, one of them is be true to character. Uh, if you're true to character, what happens is people trust you. The doors of opportunity swing wide open, and you're able to enjoy strong relationships. On the other hand, what happens if you violate honesty and integrity? Well, you just don't have a chance. Uh, that's why that one happens to be number one of the 12. Well, there you go, Rob. That's the background. That's great. And just to build on that, you know, our friend Jim Collins wrote a book, Good to Great. And in that book, a lot of you may be familiar with it. He looked at what set apart great organizations from the good ones. And what my dad just said is critical there. We took a different approach, something that no one else has ever done. And that is looking at the people, the leaders inside these organizations, the disruptive organizations and asked what sets these leaders apart from everyone else. And can they be replicated in a family? Can they be replicated in our lives and around the world, regardless of culture? And the answer that we found is absolutely yes. All right. Well, there's one last question tapping into all of your experience. Maybe you could share just a couple of tips with our listeners. Okay, good, Rob. Well, that's a great question. Uh, as I think about it, I think first and foremost is to have an inspirational direction in your life something that brings meaning and fullness to your life. And as I reflect back, for example, I've already talked about Mr. Conger. That helped me start seeing things differently. And I've had other mentors in my life, some of them that, I, that I've known personally, but others that I've not met. Abe Lincoln, George Washington, Rosa Parks, Helen Keller, J.K. Rowling, Nelson Mandela, Gandhi. And the more I learn about these people, the more I see the possibilities within my own life. And so I would say number one is to have an inspiring vision for yourself. I mean, do you have a direction that you want to go? That when you get up in the morning, it is something that gives inspiration and energy. Or how about as a team leader that helps your team know the things that they ought to be doing in the absence of supervision. So I think number one, this is what leaders do, is that they determine the direction. And if I were to think about one other thing, that is to never give up. We're all going to get knocked down. We're all going to have discouragement. We're all going to have setbacks. But you absolutely must get back up one foot in front of another again and again and again. And these are the type of things we talk about in that People get it. They're the ones that help them move to the very top to find the greatest happiness, the greatest satisfaction in their lives. Oh, fabulous answers. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Well, let's just spin the tables a little bit here. I'd love to hear about Rob. And, uh, you know, Rob is an incredible individual. And I'd like to give a little background on Rob. Uh, he's, he's fun. First of all, he's a fighter pilot. 
Uh, one of the things he wanted to do when he was a young man is to be an F-16 pilot. And so that's one of his wonderful accomplishments in, in reaching his dream. He also has an MBA. He's authored How to Succeed in High School and co-authoring right now our second book due to be released in early 2016. He's a highly sought after speaker. Uh, he's trained Fortune 500 companies all over the world, and he's been married for 17 years and has four beautiful children. I might <laughs> add, they're so smart and so good looking. <laughs> okay, well, Rob, most of us uh, have these turning points in our life so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Maybe you can share a turning point from your life. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for the background. You know, one thing before I jump into that question, if you don't mind, you shared those stories about the 12 principles. And I think it's important for our listeners to start asking the question of themselves, what are your big concerns in your life? And we haven't even talked about the principles yet, what they are, uh, other than the example of be true to character. But I'd ask you to start thinking about the things that are big in your life right now. Is it a marriage issue? Is it you feeling like you're stuck in a rut somewhere? You know, maybe things are going great, but how do you make them better? Whatever it is right now, start thinking about the concerns in your life. What is it that you want answers to? And one of my promises, and I, and I hope that this will be the case, it's been in my experience almost across the board, is that when people invest the time and invest the effort, they'll get answers. And so our hope is that through these podcasts, you're going to get answers to those questions. So to your question there, Dad, the first one happened at age 16. <laughs> and I was working in a water park. I was the garbage guy. So my job was to pick up trash. Yeah, it was glamorous. <laughs> and I remember one specific day in July, I looked over and there were my buddies from high school playing in the wave pool. And at the same time, I reached down to pick up a half-eaten hot dog by my feet. I throw it in my bag and I get ketchup and mustard all over my arms. Wow. And I thought to myself, this is horrible. <laughs> this is not what I want to be doing the rest of my life. And what happened to me right there at a water park at age 16 is I had a shift inside of me. It was a shift in desire. And it was that shift in desire then that changed everything. So I started asking the question, well, what is it that I want to become? You know, similar to your Vallejo experience. And that dream started to come into my life that I wanted to be a fighter pilot in the Air Force at age 16. What was interesting was all the people who started sharing their opinions. Some said, absolutely, go for it. Others said, you're not going to be able to do this. Only 1% of people succeed in this. And I could have listened to them, but that was one of my lessons learned is, you know what? Once you have a vision or a goal, go after it. Bring in the supporting voices, but drown out the ones that will tell you it's not possible because it is what we make it. The other lesson that I learned about that was surrounding myself with people who could help me make that goal a reality. So I developed a vision. I had these goals and created a plan. Well, it took eight years to make it a reality. One other thing that I learned from that experience, a turning point in my life, was the thought that, wait a second, can I really do this? You know, that little voice of self-doubt creeps in. And then I started looking at some of the other people who had done it successfully, and I thought, wait a second, if they can do that, I can do this. <laughs> and it's as soon as I started changing that voice, that mental conversation, that I really went after the goal. And ultimately, it was an incredible experience, flying all over the place, all over the U.S., and I would never trade those 11 years. But if you don't mind, let me just share one more brief experience. There's one other critical lesson that I learned, probably one of my top three life lessons at age 17. And before I share that, when we do our seminars, imagine that you're sitting in some chairs here right now. I would ask the question, and I ask people, say this, you know, shout out your response as loud as you can. What's the first word that comes to mind? And the question I ask is, what is the opposite of success? 
and people almost always respond, failure. <laughs> well, is that true? No, absolutely not. The real opposite of success is when we give up or the reason this is negative programming from the world, the reason we've been conditioned to answer that way is because, hey, what happens if we're afraid to try in the first place? Well, we've just assured defeat. So the reason it's negative programming is because if I don't try, I don't even have the chance to fail. So at 17 years old, I was a wrestler. If you remember that, of course. I wrestled a season, and then once the wrestling season was over, everyone else went about their normal sports that they did. They continued on to a different sport. Well, I decided to continue wrestling throughout the spring and the summer. And if you remember, we got a mentor, a coach, who was the number two collegiate wrestler in the country. So I would wrestle three days a week with him throughout the entire summer. When I came back at the end of summer, I wrestled a few guys, and usually would pin them within 30 to 45 seconds. <laughs> and they started talking about, hey, Rob, you're going to be a state champion. Well, I started having these thoughts in my mind. It's that little voice of self-doubt that we so often have. And I thought, well, I have two options here. Either I can continue wrestling and maybe win the state championship, or I can quit now, and then the rest of my life I can say, hey, I could have been a state champion. And I went with option number two. I quit. And I remember Coach Still coming down to my classroom two different times, pulling me out of class and trying to convince me to come back and wrestle. But I had made the decision. And it, the real root cause of me making that decision was the fear of failure. I thought, you know what? If I continue on, I may win the state championship, but I may not. I might fail in the process. And I let that fear of failure dictate my decision. And if I could go back in time, I'd kick myself in the fanny. You know, it's one of my <laughs> life lessons that I learned. But as a result... One of our mantras now, as you well know, is that when Schallenberger start, we don't quit. We finish the race. When we start, we don't quit. And the other thing that I learned, when we have that fear of failure, so for our listeners, when you have that voice in your mind telling you what you can and can't do, when you have that fear of failure, the antidote, the cure to that is simply action. Going out and doing. Trying whatever it is that you might be afraid to try. So if it's Let's say I'm talking to a young man or a young woman, a teenager. If you want to run for student council, go run for student council. If you want to try out for the football team and you have your parents' permission, try out. And if you don't make it, so what? At least you're in the arena. Well, thanks, Rob, for those thoughts and, and the insights. What experiences. Now, as you've been out training teams and organizations literally all over the world, what's one or two memorable experiences that you've had that's really stood out for you? Okay, great. Love that question. And this will be our last question. We'll wrap it up after this. Uh, but maybe two brief examples that stood out to me. You know, I love hearing all these stories about how it's helped a company increase revenues, reduce turnover, changing the atti attitude of a team, or learning how to execute. Those are all great. But the stories that really stick with me are the ones about when it has a generational impact. In other words, it's something that can affect a family or a person and will truly change a generation. That's what has an impact on me. You know, I remember the person, uh, I'll just say his name is John for this podcast, not his real name. John came up after the seminar. He said, you know what? I want you to know that this event today changed my life. He said, I had a broken relationship with my 16-year-old son. We don't even talk anymore. And this event today showed me that there's hope and that I can rekindle that relationship and that it's my responsibility to do so. And he actually sent us an email about a month or two later and said, you know what? Our relationship is back. What once was broken is fixed, and I have a relationship with my son again. Think about that. That's a generational impact. What would have happened had he not? Maybe his son would have moved out a year or two later. They wouldn't have talked again, and generations affected by that. So I love hearing stories like that. 
Another one, we just did a, an event in San Antonio. It was a family event. The parents were there. They both run a very successful business. But what was impactful was when a 15-year-old young man comes up afterwards and says, hey, you know what? I wasn't going to come tonight. I was going to stay home. I was going to sleep. But at the last minute, I made the decision to come. And the decision to be here tonight was the best decision I've ever made in my life. <laughs> I'm like, that's a pretty impactful statement for a 15-year-old to say that. And what was interesting was that he took the time and the parents took the time to be there. And as a result, I suspect if he continues to apply this, it will change his future and generations to come. But the takeaway for us is that they made the effort to be there. They invested in themselves. They took their son that night and put him in a position where he could hear those things and be around them. And that's the purpose of these podcasts is give to our listeners valuable tools that they can use not only in their business, but in your personal lives and that can really help you have a generational impact and make a difference in this world. So we're so excited to have these podcasts with you. This is just the beginning of an awesome adventure to come, and we look forward to many more great experiences with you. Okay, well, thanks, Rob. And now we have the background of what we're trying to accomplish on these podcasts and to all of our Becoming Your Best family and podcast listeners. Remember that one person can make a difference. And you can be the ripple effect. Now, I love what Margaret Mead said. Never forget that a small group of thoughtful, committed people can change the world. And indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Well, you can be that small group that literally changes the world. One person, one family, and one team at a time. So I invite you to share this podcast with your family, friends, and co-workers. And please go to iTunes and rate this podcast because that's how you can help spread this powerful message around the world. So thanks again for joining us on the Becoming Your Best podcast. I'm Steve Schallenberger wishing you a great day. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Becoming Your Best podcast. We want to know what your big takeaways were, so head on over to becomingyourbest.com and you can find all the information about the podcast right there as well as the show notes page where we'd love to hear what you thought about each and every single episode. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating and review. A rating interview is by far the best way for you to show your appreciation for the show because it helps other people find out about the show and decide if this is the podcast for them. So now it's all in your hands. It's time for you to go out there to take action and truly start becoming your best.